I think for our cold openings, we should play a game sometime because, like, now you've started to watch some of the really, really bad movies that I yes. watch. And I think I should pitch you a movie and you tell me if it's a real movie or not. Oh, real or not? That's a fun game. Because I also write a lot of stupid movies and I don't watch a lot of stupid movies. Because if I were to tell you, like, oh, the cold opening to this movie is a five-year-old boy whose parents just died comes into a house and there's a woman giving birth and he reaches inside of the woman, pulls out the baby, and he gets, like, shoulder deep into this woman, pulls out a baby and says, I'm going to marry this baby. You'd be like, that's not a real movie. But now you know. I know that is a real movie. That is a real movie. And And it stars Jude Law and Gretchen Maul. As soon as he said, I'm going to marry that baby, we both screamed in anger. (laughs) What's that movie called? Music from Another Room. And we still don't know why it's called that. No. I I was saying, like, probably 15 minutes before the ending. Yeah. I was like, Kiba, why is it called Music from Another Room? And then we were both like, oh, my God, I have no idea why that's the title that they went with. It's an inexplicable movie. (laughs) And Um, it's too late for them to, like, work it in. So, yeah, go out there and watch it. We've only spoiled the first five minutes of a terrible movie. But I think that'll be a game we play where I say something ridiculous (laughs) and you tell me if it was a real movie or not. I look forward to that game because that was probably the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen. Oh, I've oh, I got I got some things for you then. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to another episode of I Love This You Should Too. We're members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. My name is Indy Giant Trenchcoat Randella. <laughs> Jude Law wore so many giant trench coats. Oh my in god! That. Everything he wore was like four sizes too big for him. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was buttoned up all the way. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, no tie. Oh, and that is my lovely co-host Samantha. I'm gonna marry that baby Randella. <laughs> That's what you said when you met me. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna marry that baby. <laughs> But I met you when you were in your 30s, when it's an appropriate thing to say. Exactly. Yes, you're right. (laughs) Well, this is going to be an episode before our big watch next week. So we are each going to have a spoiler-free thing of the week. And Sam will tell us what we are going to watch for our big deep dive next week. But before we get into everything, let's thank our first sponsor of the episode, and that is the Edmonton Community Foundation and Pod Power. Because with Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Overdue Finds. Overdue Finds is the Edmonton Public Library podcast, and in it, hosts Bryce Crittenden and Caroline Land host conversations about books, movies, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at the Edmonton Public Library and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. If you want to check them out, you can head over to epl.ca slash podcast, or just search up Overdue Finds wherever you are listening to us now. And of course, I always have to uh, kind of plug the episodes I was in. If you want to check out episode 42, where I joined the host and we talk about horror movies, Episode 98 is all about It's a Wonderful Life, which is a 
great for what is this late august yeah <laughs> you can go watch that one <laughs> or episode 109 when i talk all about kids in the hall mm-hmm. because i love those guys mm-hmm. i watched even more last night i just can't get enough <laughs> did you oh all the time i just Aww. always watch kids in the hall it's like Simpsons. I can just like it's there. I was like, yeah, I got nothing. I Is got it ten your, minutes. Like, I put a little security show. No, that's Futurama. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But Futurama, I have to watch sparingly because mm-hmm. I can only use it like in emergencies now because right. I got too dependent on it. I got addicted to Futurama, and for a while I couldn't sleep without having watched an episode to like bring me back to a base level of happiness. Aww. But then I was like, I got too dependent. You know, like. Uh, people with real problems do with drugs yes (laughs) (laughs) all right samantha what is your thing of the week today so my thing of the week is a book as per usual a book that you listen to on libby libby and it's twisty and turny and has a female protagonist yeah okay what's your thing of the week (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I want to hear about this one and how it compares to the other ones, because you're becoming quite an expert on this genre. Yes, the twisty turny genre. (laughs) Um, So this is called Emma and the Night. It's by Wendy Walker, and it's a thriller about two sisters who go missing one night and um, kind of the family dynamic that one of the sisters returns back to and uh, what happens as she comes back and tries to help the police find her sister. Oh, this seems very reminiscent of your last thing of the week. Is it the same author? Yes. Okay. So we're doing double Wendy Walker here. So she likes women going missing in the night and then... But the mystery isn't just where did they go. It's there's an added layer of when they come back and like what are the circumstances they're returning to. Um, She does a really good job of kind of masking the true story that and you, you kind of pacifies you with this side story and then all of a sudden there's a huge twist and everything changes and all of a sudden you can kind of look back on the rest of the book and realize that like all the clues were there mm-hmm. see that's that's a good mystery mm-hmm. unlike a lot of things that we watch sometimes where there's the explanation. You're like, yeah, but if you know that way back then, it actually makes no sense. Mm-hmm. This one really brings everything together. She does a really good job of like, I, I assume I've never written a novel, but um, she does a really good job of like mapping it out beforehand, I assume, and putting those little clues in. And then once the twist happens, you get this like huge eye opening like twist and all of a sudden you're like oh that was the story all along and you're like how could i not have seen that Mm. um so it was a satisfying wrap-up it was a satisfying wrap-up i found this one a little bit too quick in the wrap-up and i wonder if that was editing or if she just like like rushed it or something because i could have used probably another like 50 pages oh well of just like it, it would have made it a little bit more relaxed and a little less like jarring right at the end because she packs a lot in in the last like 30 pages. Um, but this is a story of two teenage girls, the Tanner sisters, who disappeared 15 year old Cassandra and 17 year old Emily. Oh, I thought they were going to be DJ and Stephanie. No, the Tanner sisters. <laughs> oh, yes, those Tanner sisters. Uh, sorry, her name's Emma. Um, And uh, Emma comes home, or sorry, Cass comes home, and um, she tells this incredible story about kidnapping and um, 
these people who held them against their will on this island and how she had to like think her way out of this problem basically and um emma never comes home with her but she insists the entire time you have to find my sister you have to find my sister and um i don't want to say any more than that but you get this really interesting look of like um like family dynamics that include a like narcissistic mother in the like diagnosed sense of narcissistic and um you get to see the struggle of Cass as she's trying to like tell this story without her mother kind of shutting her down because her mother is constantly trying to like curb what she's saying and give her like a different narrative of like how perfect their family is so I think if you like kind of like the psychology side of um families and true crime you might enjoy this book is Wendy Walker going to be your go-to for a while now? Um, I did listen to two other books of hers, and I ended up putting them down, which is, like, really unusual for me. Usually I stay the course and I listen to the whole book, but two of them I just had a really hard time getting through, and now I'm on to a new author, so. <laughs> okay. Who's <laughs> the new author? Riley Sager. I'm reading The House Across the Lake, so... There's a good chance that that'll be in a future episode. Oh. Yeah. Um, there's this whole vein of these kinds of books right now. They're, like, very, very popular. Right. So I've got, like, a huge holds list of things that I see either on Facebook or Goodreads or, like, you know, recommendations. Like, if you like this, you might like this. And I often just put holds on them. What are the big touchstone books of this that our listeners might know and say, like, if you like that, you'll like this? Is this the kind of the Gone Girl world? Is it kind that of. Type? Yeah, that, like, twisty turny. Um, these tend to be a little bit less violent. Like, Gone Girl was pretty pretty graphic. Um, but, like, the Girl on the Train, those kinds of books where you get, like, a protagonist and you don't really know what's going on until the end. Okay. Yeah, so I think if you like some of those books, you'll really like Emma in the Night by Wendy Walker. Great. <laughs> While we're talking about authors that we're getting into, uh, maybe I'll ask a question of our audience. I tend to read authors all the way through, and mm -hmm. I'm a completionist. I'm starting John Steinbeck. He has uh, like 35 books. Uh, people who have read a lot of Steinbeck, do I need to read all of them or can I pick like the best 15? I'll right. still read like 15 of his novels, but I kind of don't want to do all 34. That's fair. We'll see. So uh, <laughs> let me know all you, uh, whatever, what's a Steinbeck fan called? Steinbeck heads? Steinbecker? All you Steinbeckers out there. Steinbeckies? Steinbeckies. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. All you Steinbeckies out there, uh, let me know. Do I need to read all of them or can I just pick the best ones? <laughs> Do you think a lot of our audience has read all of Steinbeck? Probably, right? No. I, 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 I have don't... no grasp of what normal people are like. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'll Maybe I'll just cut out that whole part. <laughs> no, I like that part. Okay, it's day and night. <laughs> okay, Indy, what's your thing of the week? What are you so, so into? Well, I uh, didn't have a thing of the week because it's too early for me to talk about Steinbeck. I've only read one of them. <laughs> so I went down, uh, picked a movie at random from my cabinet, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll talk about that. And 
that thing is the 1997 action-adventure sci-fi, The Fifth Element. Ooh. Have you seen The Fifth Element? I haven't. So it came out in 97, uh, directed and written by Luc Besson, who does a lot of like really good smaller movies and then some like weird big movies. Right. And this is one of those weird big movies. <laughs> so the premise of this movie, there's a big unknowable cosmic evil and it's coming to earth and the military and scientists and everyone they can't stop it they don't know what to do but somehow there's like i don't know an ancient order of priests and they know how to stop it there's some stones because that's just an arbitrary thing that we need (laughs) everyone to like search for and fight over right rocks stones yeah okay yeah just like like marble like i was gonna say like the infinity stones yeah pretty much Okay. So big movies like this just need an arbitrary thing that people are after because it right. makes the plot go along. Yeah. And of course, the stones are guarded by a scantily clad Mila Jovovich. They need a hard-nosed, like, undercover former grizzled cop to help the plot move along, essentially. And then they get Bruce Willis. And then, yay, and they're going to have a good time. That kind of tells you the whole movie, but it, I don't think it spoils anything because a movie like this isn't about that. I know I've been talking about how it's so hard to say like good movie, bad movie, mm-hmm. but you can be good at what you were doing. And I think those 60s and 70s silly over the top sci-fi movies that are bad, mostly pretty bad. This is the perfect one of those because it is silly and over the top and ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. It's all of those things, and formulaic a lot of the time. But it's such like a pitch-perfect version of that. It knows exactly how silly to be, and how fun to be, and how action-heavy to be. It just gets all of those very right. Of course, if you don't like that genre, then you're going to be like, why would I watch this? There's a bunch of stupid aliens everywhere. And yeah, there's a bunch of stupid aliens everywhere. (laughs) But there's just the right amount of stupid aliens, and they're actually like well done. So I think this is the perfect bad sci-fi, but I don't want I don't want to say bad because I don't think it's a bad movie. It's a good it's as good as that type of fun sci-fi can be. Mm-hmm. It's not like a big deep existential like a 2001 or Arrival. It's not that. It's just a lot of fun. It takes place in this wild and extraordinary future that is probably somewhere between Blade Runner and Looney Tunes. Mhm. And it has, like, just great, beautiful sets. There's a wide variety of uh, silly aliens. A lot of them look great. The uh, I think the costuming is amazing. And there's a lot of really fun performances as well. Because a lot of movies, I think, going back to the early 90s and still, there's so many movies that have this female character who is otherworldly, but then sexy and fierce and dangerous but then slightly innocent too it is like a trope in especially in sci-fi totally a thing yeah and mila jovovich plays that character in this and she gives like the pitch perfect performance for what that is it's not something new but it is done perfectly here she adds just like the right level of fun to everything like there's a sequence early on in the movie where she's um discovering this whole new world and she's being chased and she's out on a ledge and it's really scary and she doesn't play it completely terrified she adds like just a little sense of fun to it so she makes sure we don't take anything too seriously in this movie just like everything else it has the perfect amount of silly 
And speaking of silly, uh, Chris Tucker is in this, and he's just ridiculous in the most over-the-top performance you could see, and yeah, fits right in. There's this, he's introduced where he's uh, there's a bunch of people looking for his autograph, and I love he just like walks by and he has a paintbrush and just paints over everyone's paper, and they're so excited for it. <laughs> it's probably really annoying and too much for most people, but um, it works because everything is too much in this movie. Uh, Bruce Willis is probably the lead, and he's the, like the perfect straight man because he's not caught up in all of the other silliness that's going on. He's playing a very straight, and he has good action sensibility, so he makes all of that stuff. That work. seems like Bruce Willis's thing. Yeah, like he's in his own little bubble. Yeah, <laughs> in whatever movie he's in, and in the world, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, Gary Oldman is in it. And Gary Oldman, I think, is one of uh, this generation's best actors. And he plays, like, this ridiculous villain who has, like, a plexiglass, I don't know, hat, helmet, and then a big half of the Hitler haircut coming out of it. It's ridiculous. But he's such a fantastic actor, and he's having fun with it, that there's just... It's a really interesting performance, and I, I love it. It's not good, just like this movie, but it's perfect for this movie. Also, Tiny Zeus Lister is the president, so that should show you what kind of movie it is. Huh. Tiny Zeus Lister, of course, I don't know who is, that um, is. Yeah. he has so he's credited by so many different names. Sometimes it's Tiny Zeus Archibald, sometimes it's Tiny Lister, sometimes it's Tommy Lister, sometimes it's Debo Lister Jr. What? But it's all the same guy. He played Debo in Friday. I don't know Friday. Oh, we should watch Friday. Sorry. Oh, I wonder if maybe I should do Friday next. Like you've done. Citizen Kane, Day of the Earth Stood Still, Jaws, and then Friday. Sure. So I was doing too much like film school, like teaching you stuff. We should just watch Friday, have a good work. time. Yeah. It's time for a good time. Well, Jaws was a pretty good time. Jaws was a pretty good time. That was that was a good one. But yeah, this movie just has the perfect amounts of silliness. Like there's one sequence where it's a um like an alien opera singer. <laughs> and it's well done enough that it's impressive and kind of amazing, but it's also a blue woman and you're like oh this is ridiculous and if it were done on a lower budget i think we'd be laughing at it but because it's looks great it's kind of genuinely impressive but doesn't take itself too seriously at the same time and in that vein there's a sequence where uh Bruce Willis has met Mila Jovovich's character for the first time, and he's clearly like kind of uh, like love struck by it. And he's uh, laying in bed, and it's a sequence that you would see in a late '80s movie about a 16 year old girl falling in love, talking on the phone, because mm-hmm. he's like laying in bed talking about her. But it's Bruce Willis, and uh, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, the music is fun. It's all. Um, influenced from all around the world there's just as much of a reggae influence as like bollywood stuff there it's kind of all over the place because it's the future so why why wouldn't it be more international yeah so uh the fifth element if you haven't (laughs) seen it it's on netflix right now it's a good time movie it's a lot of fun i hadn't watched it in a long time and i was like oh i'll pick this to do right now and I, i can talk about it without watching it but i just went up and said oh, i'll watch 10 minutes to kind of refresh and i just wanted to sit and watch the whole thing it's actually a lot of fun <laughs> oh is that what you were watching upstairs yeah. oh okay i could hear stuff but like i was weird doing, sounds i was doing other things on my computer so i was like i won't go up and see what he's watching hmm, it sounds interesting i i would be interested to see it maybe eventually we'll get to the point where we do it on this show yeah but until then you'll have to just watch friday <laughs> <laughs> 
So our second sponsor of the episode is Park Power. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you are helping give back to your communities with your utility bills. You can learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, well, let's keep this quick pace going. Samantha, what are we watching for next week? Okay, I have three questions for you. Okay. This is going to be a classic indie where he holds two DVDs behind his back and makes me pick. Um, Okay, so right or left? In what sense? No, just politically? Just pick one. Left. Okay. But in hockey, right. So this is just arbitrary. It has no meaning? Nope. has no meaning. Okay, I'm going right. Uh, up or down? Up and okay. always twirling. <laughs> uh, zero or 11? Zero or 11? What kind of binary question is that? <laughs> um, I'm going 11. I'm going Marc Messier. Because who wore zero? Okay. Gilbert Arenas? I'm doing some very serious math right now. Zero plus 11? No, not I wasn't actually adding my numbers. I was grading your quiz you just took. Okay. Um, so we will be watching the 1990 romantic comedy Pretty Women. Woman. Just one. Just pretty one. Woman. Pretty Woman. Wait, how is this your pick? I thought that was going to be my pick. So this is going to be a classic. I haven't seen this and I feel like I need to. Shit, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I think I love Pretty Woman. Okay, well. But, I'm... Sorry, go tell me about your little system that we just did. Okay, so the other film, do you want to know what the other film was? Mm-hmm. It was Glitter. Oh, fuck. I love glitter. Well, I don't, glitter's the worst, but I'd watch it. So um, I had them on my little notepad here on my computer. Um, and so it was glitter was right, pretty woman was left, and then glitter was above pretty woman. And then glitter came out in 2000, and pretty woman came out. Oh, no, maybe I reversed those. But we're still watching pretty woman. <laughs> It is fine. <laughs> it could have just been a right or left. Yeah, yeah it could have just been a right okay. or left. I just gotcha. wanted to like confuse you. Sure. I was very confused. <laughs> so I haven't seen Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it has Julia Roberts and Richard Gere in it. Yeah. Um, also and- like Laura San Giocamo. <laughs> oh, I see Hector Elizondo. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jason, Jason Alexander, Alexander, which is oh, he's a piece of shit in that super random. Yeah, um, so I don't actually know much about this other than what you know from like pop culture. What do you know from pop culture? Um, I know she takes a bubble bath at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes into a store and they're super mean to her, and then she like. Oh, you're the ones who wouldn't wait on me the other day. Yeah, big mistake. And she has big. like huge bags, and I think she's a call girl or an escort. Oh, I'm not going to answer anything. Okay. You're going to watch it. Um, so that's really all I know about What about movie. the part where she reaches into a jewelry box and then it... Oh, yeah. He, like, that's surprises her. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a classic moment. Mm-hmm. So do I know all about Pretty Woman? Yeah. You know about Pretty Woman. Okay. Okay. Because I just know the things that, you know, you see, like, parodied or yeah. in other places. But, yeah. So I'm excited to watch this movie because I realized I've never seen it. So I'm worried. Why? I haven't seen this movie. Oh, this is going to sound real weird. So I <laughs> have 
odd taste in movies sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I was, I don't know, maybe quite... I don't know if mature is the right word in my movie watching as a kid. But no, yeah, probably. No, you were quite mature in your movie watching. Yeah. yeah. And same with like books and stuff. I always read adult stuff when I was like 14, 15. That's what I liked. And I loved Pretty Woman as a kid. As a kid. <laughs> as a kid. Child. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've seen it after the age of like 16. Okay. But as a kid, I loved <laughs> As like a heterosexual Canadian male, <laughs> I loved Pretty Woman. Okay. I'm worried it's not as good as I thought it was. Okay. Because like you look at some of your favorite movies when you're like 14, maybe not great now. Yeah, you're right. Especially when they're dealing with um, especially a lot of romances. True, because things have changed. Well, not even that. It's like you have uh, your own thoughts now. And you're like, oh, wait, everyone in a romantic comedy is a stalker. That's not cool. Yeah. So I'm concerned about that. But I feel like the charm of the movie will still be there. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. I'm excited. Me too. Because like I feel like I've seen clips or like moments in pop culture that are like oh that's so pretty woman yeah and so i'm like really excited to actually see the movie well if i'm already talking about how weird i am i (laughs) i owned both fifth element and pretty woman on vhs oh did you yes okay and now i own both the fifth element and pretty woman on blu-ray perfect so we don't (laughs) have it downstairs i just haven't watched it even after i bought it was on sale somewhere and i was like well i cannot buy pretty woman i love pretty movie yeah i loved that movie yikes but the thing is (laughs) i was not a julia roberts fan interesting i I love her in that i don't like her in most things oh see i love julia roberts i think she's great i think she's she's good i also like richard Gere. i think he's fine but I love both of them in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very excited to see what you <laughs> think next week. <laughs> I'm really excited. Do you think we have time? We might just watch it tonight. Uh, we could probably watch it tonight. I Yeah, I'm really excited to watch it. I'm also a little scared, but I'm mostly excited. It's all coming back to me now. It's rare that we podcast and then also watch the movie the same night. And yeah, I'm going you away go this bed. weekend. So we'll have to pack it all in tonight. Let's do it. Okay. I forgot we're hosting a podcast. So, oh, yeah, right. We're this just is a like podcast. talking to um, each other. <laughs> so, yeah, come back next week where we will have watched Pretty Woman and we'll have a spoiler-filled review next week. Yes. We'll get really into everything. Is this streaming anywhere? So you can find this on Disney Plus in Canada. Of course, I don't know what's available in the States. So I think Disney Plus is the same everywhere, isn't it? Is it? I'm not you sure. You know, I don't know either. Because I know Netflix is different, different in different yeah. countries based on whatever rights they have. So it is available in Disney Plus on Canada. You can probably also find it at your local library or... Or Indie's Basement. Indie's Basement. <laughs> um, if that is your local library like mine. <laughs> or if you want the VHS, you can find it in my parents' basement <laughs> oh yes yeah if you still have a vhs player do those still work what do you mean vhs players vcrs 
Yes. Yes, we own one. Do we? We have one in this house. What? Yeah. <laughs> I've been living in this house for like six months and I did not realize we had a VHS player. Yeah, we have player. a record player, VHS. Oh, I mean we have a cassette player. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I probably have some like pretty cool dance mixes. Well, we can listen to them. Excellent. They're probably still in my dad's basement, so... Well, Where all cassettes are. Everything on tape is in someone's parents' basement. Yes, exactly. So if you have a super sweet mixtape. We have eight track. We have an eight track? Yeah. Oh, my dad would be really excited about that because <laughs> I think he still owns eight track. I like physical media. I love it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you should see all the books and CDs and DVDs that we own. Yeah. I get a room for all of that and then you get an entire room for to make your closet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair trade-off. It's a fair trade-off. It's fine. It's I love it. Also, your stuff is prettier to like see on a shelf. That's true. Than mine is, because mine is just a closet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week when we are talking about Pretty Woman. Bye. Bye, everyone. Pretty Woman. Are you so excited? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to...